never let up. In stories, things go from bad to worse, even if nobody wants them to. If she wants to apologize, interrupt her. Whenever anyone is about to release tension, interrupt her. Is the couple on the date about to kiss? Pull them apart. You might think the audience will love you if you give them what they want. Not true. Make them want it, then yank it away. Matt Bird. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee S's. And today we are beginning Act 2. Specifically, we're talking about the exterior troubles that the character comes across throughout that portion of your story. And like our quote said, it's a time of never giving your readers what they want, making them want more. This is where things go from bad to even worse. The characters will encounter all sorts of problems, all sorts of trials, and nothing will find resolution during this act. Don't save anything for Act 3. Write what you're interested in, but let your imagination make things worse before they get fixed in Act 3. I found that this was a lot of the root of my problems in getting through Act 2. I kept saying, no, I want to save that for the worst of the worst during the climax in Act 3. I don't want to use it now. And every time I did that, Act 2 always felt like a slug. And Act 3 ended up falling flat because there wasn't enough tension built before Act 3. So always spend every creative, villainous, juicy idea in Act 2 that you have. Don't save anything. Also keep in mind that during this act, when you are having your main characters face all of the trials, all of the troubles, they are not going to actually cross paths with the villain. They can cross paths with the minions, like Star Wars, we see the stormtroopers during Act 2, but we don't actually have our heroes encounter Lord Vader. Every once in a while, you'll have a story of captivity. So the person is a prisoner of your villain. They're forced to see them. This hopefully is minimized because we want the character to be growing, which we'll be talking about in a couple episodes, their interior of Act 2. We want the character to be growing. If the villain is as scary as you want the villain to be, then the villain will stop any of that growth. If the villain's off doing villain things, conquering another country and leaving his stormtroopers to take care of things for you, then when your hero encounters a villain at the end, it's a little more plausible that they're able to butt heads and the hero will win. To be clear, when we say you don't see the villain, we mean that your main characters don't see the villain. You can still have point of views from that character during this act, so we can see what they're doing, what machinations they're putting into place that is going to thwart and stall the heroes. Another aspect of Act 2 is by the very beginning of Act 2, We need to have that ticking clock introduced. Whatever it is that is pushing the hero to hurry in order to solve the problem of the story. This can be as simple as the fact that they've lied to the world, told them something that they can do, and we know that it cannot be sustained. Or the spell ends at midnight and we have an actual time put on it. If you have questions about what a ticking clock is, head to Season 11, Episode 7, 
We talk about that in our episode about time and maintaining momentum. Now, during this act two, the villain has had some minor victory, but they are still doing things. They're still collecting infinity stones. They're still conquering more worlds. They're still doing more things that they just don't think the hero is a problem anymore because they conquered the hero in act one. But that doesn't mean they're just sitting on their butt. They're actively pursuing their own goals. Also keep in mind that part of what makes it so challenging for the hero is the fact that the villain is progressing towards their goal faster than the hero can set them back. So they right now are winning. They were able to finish the Death Star and blow up Alderaan. That's something impossible for the heroes to thwart. And it shows the progress, the power that the villain has and gives your readers a hint into why it is going to be such a challenge for the hero in Act 3. Because no matter what the hero does, they cannot stop all of the villain's plans. And this is really a lot of the fun as an author. Every goal that the villain accomplishes that the hero fails to stop means tension for your reader. Like our opener said, that adds tension and makes the story more engaging for your readers. During this act, you also need to be looking at your tertiary characters. Their mood will begin to change. In particular, it'll be their view of the main character. The main character is gaining fame, but not always in a good way. One example that you might consider is during Avengers Civil War, you had those Sokovia Accords. People are starting to view the Avengers as, yes, powerful and wonderful protectors for the time being, but they're also afraid that they can do things that other people can't protect themselves from. And overall, the world is getting worse because of what the villain is doing. In some cases, it's the galaxy getting worse because a whole planet just got blown up. The slave camps are forced to work twice as hard to compensate for all of the things that the hero is doing to try to stop the villain. In a case like that, you have the hero, they find out about the fact that the little things that they're doing to try to stop the villain are actually making things a lot worse right now. So then you have that whole guilt that they have to deal with, and it can just keep compounding and layering on top of each other. As the world deteriorates, so does the hero's outlook on everything, which we will talk a little bit more about in our Act 2 interior episode. But what definitely needs to happen at this point is that if the world did not recognize the threat in Act 1, they do now because they are seeing the real impact of what the villain is doing, or in some cases, what the hero is failing to stop, and everyone is suffering for it. And I think that leads nicely into a lot of the purpose of Act 2, is all of those little subplots. This is when you get to explore the stuff you introduced in Act 1, but you also have little side quests that the character goes on, like trying to prove that they're actually the hero and not the villain of the story to the population because the population is like, everything is terrible. One of the things that can happen is that the hero will get distracted. They will have something that they are so focused on that this needs to happen that it's not actually going to help in the end. 
There's a false sense of security that everything is going to stay how it is now, and so we'll be okay. What the hero doesn't see is the collapsing of a lot of other places. The only difficulty with this one is that if the hero gets distracted because they think everything is okay, you do need to make sure that whatever they get distracted by still pays off for the reader. Act two in those subplots is also a whole lot of paying off those earlier yes buts. One example that you might pull up is the pod racing in episode one of Star Wars. Yes, we can get the supplies we need to get off the planet, but this obstacle is in the way. This little subplot is paying off a yes but. You also have a lot of opportunities for the characters to dig themselves into deeper holes. They go into debt with the mafia so they can pay off the IRS. They make the wrong decisions and everything gets more difficult. They have a longer uphill climb for them to be able to accomplish the conquering of the villain. So if you aren't sure what to do, what kind of trials to add as you're writing this plot, one of the things you might consider is to look at world building and what you've world built so far in Act 1. And those things in Act 1 take an opportunity to deepen them, to explore them a little bit more. Act 2 is a great place to explore your world building. In the Mario movie, we learn in Act 1 that if he eats this mushroom, he gets bigger. Cool. In Act 2, we learn that there are also mushrooms that make you get smaller. Feathers that make you fly and all of these other tools that behave in a similar way. We're able to deepen what happens there. Another subplot that you can take during Act 2 is to take something in a new direction. Not necessarily the one that you had thought of first or that your readers are going to assume, but take a side character and their story and push it in a different direction, and that leads the whole group in a new direction. And that can let you have more trials, more problems, more encounters with the villain's minions. Let yourself explore the world, explore the conflicts, and have fun with Act 2. Because that's kind of what it's there for, is to have trials, to have growth, to see the world getting worse every step of the way. I know Act 2 was the last of the three for me to get a good firm grip on as an author. But I'm finding more and more that this is when I really get a lot of momentum in my story. I make it through Act 2 most of the time. If I'm not finishing a story, it's because I stopped halfway through Act 3. It's one of those acquired tastes. You learn to love it. But when you do, that's when your stories start to thrive. And I honestly think that the best way to get through Act 2 is to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 